0: Good morning again everybody. It's great to be with you. Uh, my name is Shay, one of your pastors, and uh, it's great uh, to see all of you here at Hosanna. We believe the Lord led you here today, and uh, we are so excited to jump right into this series that we have been in called Faith That Works. We're in the book of James, and we're going to have a great time. I believe it. But before we do that, we've got to take the offering. We want to give you a chance to give this morning. So our ushers are coming forward, and uh, I just want to say as they are coming forward and you are preparing your hearts and continuing in worship and giving, we want to say to you, I want to say to you, you are an extremely generous church. God bless you. Thank you for giving, because when you give, it makes ministry happen here at this campus, at our Shakopee campus, in our region, around the country, and quite literally around the world. So way to go, everybody. Uh, it's good to see you. I just want to, you know, as, we were, as we've been together today, I don't know about you, but I just had a real sense of just God's presence being here with us today. And it's interesting, today is actually Pentecost Sunday when we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit. So let me just say this, the Holy Spirit is alive and well, and he's here in the room with us today, and he knows exactly what's going on in your life, and if you will invite him in, he will change your life, turn it upside down. It's only a prayer way. He's only a prayer way. Uh, I'm excited today because we're continuing this series called James, uh, Faith That Works, the book of James, and we have been in... Can you guess? The book of James, right? And so, what we're doing is we, we've asked you to bring your Bibles if you have one. If you don't have one, um, I want to tell you we'd love to give you one if you need one. We have Red Sanctuary Bibles. They will be available as you come in each week. Or if you don't have one, grab one on your way out. Take it home. It's yours, okay? Uh, it's important that you get into the scriptures. Did you know? I just want to kind of throw this out there today, too. It's okay to mark in your Bible. I know some people grew up and, you know, you just. This was like an untouchable thing. But did you know that if, if you see somebody with a torn-up Bible, chances are their life isn't. You know what I'm saying? So we want you to get in your Bibles. We want you to mark it up as we're going through this today. We're going to be looking at a particular passage in the book of James. And just mark it up. Underline stuff. Take some notes in your Bible if you want to. Um, we've also provided a place for you to, in your program you received a a piece of paper today that you could take notes on that i encourage you to do that but what we're doing is we're going through the book of james and james uh if you've missed the last two weeks go back and watch him you can do that on the website great messages you don't want to miss it because what we've discovered about james the author of this book is that he was the half brother of jesus long story don't have time to go into it just go listen to the other sermons okay But he's the half-brother of Jesus, he knew some things about Jesus, and he is writing to Jewish believers that have been scattered around the world because of persecution that arose in Jerusalem. It's written about AD 50, about 20 years after the resurrection of Jesus, and um, James is sending this out. He has the heart of a pastor to his people, and he is teaching them about faith. Would you just say that word out loud with me today? Faith. He's teaching them about faith. And we've defined faith this way. Faith is trust and putting your life in the hands of the fact that Jesus is the leader of the known world, of our world. Jesus is the Son of God. We believe that and we live like that is true. There is a two-sided coin, though, to the book of James. One is, James talks to us about faith. Faith is trusting in Jesus. But he also, the other side of that coin, talks to us about faith is not only faith that works, but faith that gets to work. In other words, James is the one that tells us it's not enough just to mentally believe something or just get the right answers to a religious test, but that we need to actually put corresponding actions to what we believe, that our lifestyle should match what we say we believe, right? So that's what we've been looking at in the book of James. So we want to encourage you, be reading the book of James, bring your Bibles, we're going to be looking at it in depth. Today what we're doing is we're talking about this idea that James introduces, wisdom. I know I've already asked you to say one thing, would you just say one more thing with me? Just say wisdom, wisdom. Did you know that we live in a time, we live in a culture that talks a lot about knowledge, but we don't hear much about wisdom. You, you might hear this phrase thrown around, that, that guy is brilliant or that woman is smart or she is very accomplished in the academic world. We might, we hear that a lot. But we don't hear anymore, very much, that person is wise. That person walks in wisdom. If you think about our time that we live in now, I, I did this yesterday. Uh, if t- 15 years ago, if, if I would have asked you in a random situation like this, how far is it from Minnesota, how far is it from Lakeville, Minnesota, to Los Angeles, California. If I asked you that 15 years ago, you'd say, hmm, I don't know. I'll have to go look that up. And there might be a lag time between the question being asked and the time that uh, lag time between you being able to answer the question. But we live in a time that right now, probably somebody's already Googling in the room. Right? And instantaneously, we know what that number is. Did anybody Google it? Nobody did. Last night, the guy yelled out, 1,872. I could be wrong. But we live in a moment in a time of instantaneous information. Here's what I want to tell you, though, to get us started today on this concept and talk about wisdom, is that wisdom is not the same thing as knowledge. If knowledge is information, if knowledge is facts, watch this, wisdom is understanding how to apply those facts in the right way let me give you an example. I know that my anniversary is June 21st. That's knowledge. Wisdom is making my wife breakfast and bringing it to her in bed on our anniversary morning. I've never done that, by the way. I'm not very wise. Uh, Knowledge is knowing that my wife's birthday is August 26th. Wisdom is actually doing something for her birthday. Pastor Tony, one of our pastors on staff the other, uh, yesterday, he gave me this one. Uh, knowledge is knowing that if you're lactose intolerant, you need to move out of the state of Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisdom is never living there in the first place. Come on, somebody. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, gave me, somebody got on to me about that one last night. I told them, you got to love me to go to heaven. So here we go. So we're talking about the difference the difference between wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom is not the same thing as knowledge. Knowledge is facts. Wisdom is understanding how to apply those facts in a skillful way. So this kind of brings us to our, our concept of wisdom we're sitting with today. This is how we want to define wisdom. Then we're going to look at what James says about it. Wisdom is, would you just say this with me, skillful living. Skillful living. Did you know there's a way to live that's not skillful? you see this. Uh, my kids, they're, they're under the age of 10. Many things that they do, is not, it's not skillful, right? There's a way to live that's not skillful. Many times you, you meet young adults and, and, and grown men that are not living in skillful ways, right? There is a skillful way to live, and there is a way to live that is destructive. This is what James is going to talk to us about. And he says that, look, when you are applying and living a life of faith, there is a way to do it. There is a way to walk it out. There is a way to live in such a way that you trust Jesus that it, it brings skill to the way that you live and act and treat your wife and raise your kids and, and, and go to work and treat your neighbors. And you live in the circle of influence that God has given you. That is wisdom. Wisdom. And so James, James is going to help us because what I want to do today is I want to look at what does skillful living look like when it comes to parenting, when it comes to budgeting, when it comes to being a good neighbor, when it comes to doing spirituality? How about this one? We need this one. What is wisdom, skillful living, when it comes to being a citizen in a nation right now in political turmoil when we're going through a, 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 a presidential election? What does it look like to be a follower of Christ, trusting him, Walking in faith, applying that in a skillful way to our lives in all of these situations. James is going to help us. Let's look at this. James chapter 3, verse 13. I'm going to read it from my Bible. It'll be on the screens here. You can watch. You can read it there. If you can't see that, then there, it's on the program that you got when you came in today. Okay, so here we go. James three, 3 thirteen says this. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living and honorable Uh, By living an honorable life and doing good works with humility. Would you just underline that word if you have a Bible? With humility. The first thing that James identifies with us and to us is this idea that wisdom, godly wisdom, wisdom that honors faith in Jesus is, first of all, it is, watch this, it's humble. It's humble. I love this. James chapter 3 is this conversation where he's talking about leaders. And you heard, if you were here last week, you heard Pastor Julia talk about the words that we are to use. And now James is saying if you want to be a leader, the first thing that identifies a leader that's in tune with Jesus and following him and doing what he would have him do is that leader is humble. And it's not just leaders, it's all of us because all of us are leaders at some level in our lives and influencing others. Humility. James identifies that. Just, just underline that. Uh, that comes from wisdom. Humility comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. Watch this. This is good. Verse 15. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. So James is about to identify two types of wisdom for us. He's going to compare and contrast two types of wisdom. Uh, verse 15. Jealousy and selfish, selfishness are not God's kinds of wisdom. Such things are earthly unspiritual, and demonic. I love James because you never have to guess where he's coming from, right? It's like, tell us what you really think, James. He says, well, it's earthly, unspiritual, and it's, it's demonic, okay? That's that kind of wisdom. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there, will, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. I've got to get a bigger Bible. So I get older, my eyes are just, I can't see this anymore, sorry. Verse 17. But the wisdom from above, watch this, this is the second category. The wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It's also peace-loving. It's gentle. At all times, it's gentle. It's willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace And reap a harvest of righteousness. I love what James does here because he, first of all, what he does is he breaks wisdom up into two categories skillful living. He says, one, there's a way to live in such a way that is earthly, unspiritual, and it's demonic. This is the first category. This is the first bucket of wisdom that James would put uh, out before us. This first category of wisdom is it's earthly, it's Uh, unspiritual and it's demonic verse but then the second the second bucket that james would hold up for us is this this idea that there is also a wisdom from above and the two are different okay so there's two different buckets there's a way to live in such a way that is earthly unspiritual and demonic but there's also a way to skillfully live that is uh, from above god's way of doing things faith that works I want to do something here. I want to just kind of dissect these two different buckets the way that James does it. And what he starts with is this idea of earthly, unspiritual, and demonic wisdom. If we are talking about this bucket, James identifies two characters, two two, uh, characteristics of this category that stand out to him. Just go with me here for a moment. He identifies these two as jealousy and selfish ambition. Jealousy and selfish ambition. What he says is, is that these are the things that are driving earthly wisdom. These are the things that would drive you to live the way that culture tells you you ought to live. These are the way, these are the things that are like the jet fuel that power the engines of our society and culture. This was true for them. And what's interesting to me as I was kind of thinking about this, praying through this this week, is it was true for James in his time. It's also true for us as well. If you think about, I, I've described it this way. Have you ever been to the beach? Go to the beach? Nobody's been to the beach. Okay. If you go to the beach, uh, you, you, you wait out on the water. Sometimes the undertow is really bad. And so they put out a sign that says, be careful of the undertow. Why do you have to be careful of the undertow? Because the undertow is like an underwater current. That if you step in it, it will carry you away. You'll find yourself, you know, half a mile down the beach before you know it. This is this idea of being raised in a culture that has an undertow of selfishness, of jealousy and selfish ambition. Let me give you an example. As I was thinking through this, I, I was, this, this, this idea dropped for me. If you have a Netflix uh, subscription, then you, you probably have have... Have encountered or at least seen advertised the the series. It's a Netflix original series um, called House of Cards. House of Cards. Now, House of Cards is wildly popular and and it's kind of a this really. It's a political drama about a a senator from South Carolina, Frank Underwood, played by Kevin Spacey. Great acting, but but it's a dark. I mean, it's just like this dark storyline where he is he is he's overlooked for Secretary of State, so he gets bitter and he gets. Jealous and angry, so he starts to figure out a way to move up the ranks. And uh, I won't ruin it for you, but he 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 kind of he kind of is it's he's manipulating and he's conniving his way through. I want you to see. This is a quote from Frank Underwood: "For those of us climbing to the top of the food chain, there can be no mercy. There's but one rule: hunt or be hunted." What's fascinating to me about this this drama is that. Whatever he does in this storyline is, and, I, and I'm not suggesting you go watch it because it's kind of a rough deal. In fact, I quit watching it at midway through the second season. It was really dark. But what, what, what you see in the storyline is that, that uh, Frank Underwood is willing to do whatever it takes to gain more and more status and power in his life. This is an extreme example of how jealousy and selfish ambition drives people to manipulate and jockey for position and to outmaneuver others so that you can rise to the top of the food chain, hunt or be hunted, kill or be killed. But if we're not careful, that can really seep in and it can be the undercurrent of even how we think and approach life ourselves, how we treat others, how we raise our kids, how we spend our money. How we treat people at work, how we do everything can be driven by this idea of jealousy and selfish ambition. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever compared yourself to someone else? Have you ever found yourself in the comparison trap? Have you ever gone and bought something because your neighbor bought it first? This is what James is talking about, is that it is a way to live, but it is earthly unspiritual and even demonic James would say to us as you are living a life of faith, faith that works engage in wisdom that is different than this now it's easy to kind of point to that example of Frank Underwood, it's, it's easy to kind of go yeah Wall Street's greedy uh, Wall Street is, is powered by jealousy and selfish ambition or, or, or point to maybe, maybe uh, professional uh, a- athletics and say, yeah, in that arena, that happens there. But those are extreme examples. But, but what about us? Have you ever manipulated someone to get your way in a particular situation? Have you ever tried to outmaneuver somebody at the place where you work? Have you ever tried to outmaneuver someone out of competition or whatever and and jockey for position of a higher place because you are driven by, here it is, this is what James would say, selfish ambition. What's interesting about this word that James uses is it was first used by Aristotle to describe someone who was self-promoting themselves for political office and they were willing to do anything to get there. It's fascinating. This is the word that James would use to say that wisdom that is earthly and unspiritual and demonic is living in such a way that you are trying to manipulate the situation to get your way done. I, I was thinking about this and, and I just wanted to make it as, as close to home as possible. And this may be go, this may be going from preaching to meddling. That's okay. Uh, it's my job, and, and, and um, I started thinking about my own life, and I, I was thinking about okay, how did, how how am I? And, th- and by the way, this week as I was going through this, it was just this was really convicting me. This whole passage. So I'm, I'm at the front of the line right now. I'm just sharing with you kind of how I've been processing this. But just looking inside my own home, I've got two small children, and and um, when my son was born, Chase, I, I you know I'm I'm like into hunting, and I, I like to I like to you know throw stuff and, and, and at, you know, athletics and stuff. And, and, and I want, I, I, I kind of wanted my son to be that way. Right. And my son, he's now seven and he, he can't like figure out what hand to throw with. And he's a great kid. I love him, but he, he loves to draw. He loves to play video games. Uh, so his hand-eye coordination is, like, great, you know, when it, comes to, when it comes to little things. But when it comes to, like, sports, and, and I even said to him the other day, I said, Chase, what, what if we lived out in the woods, man? We could hunt out off the back porch. And he said to me, no, why would we do that? I, I don't want to kill innocent animals. That's what he said to me last night, you know. So, so watch this. Selfish ambition, it's, 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 it's man, it, it can get in there really quick. And, and really kind of innocently if we're not careful. Selfish ambition would be for me to try to manipulate my son to fit the mold that I think he should fit because I need him to be in the NFL so I have a retirement package. You understand? Like I I need him to do that. So that selfish ambition would be for me to not celebrate who God made him to be but try to force him into a mold that he's really not wired up for. And, And how damaging is that? To my son, Chase. For him to grow up feeling like my dad never really approved of who I really was because I didn't like sports or whatever. I cheered for the 49ers. He cheers for the 49ers. Who cheers for the 49ers? That kid does. So, so literally, what would that do to him as he's growing up, right? And, And he's not feeling acceptance from me because of something like that. That's how easy... It can find its way into our life. Jealousy, selfish ambition. And what James says to us is don't do that. That's not faith that works. That's not skillful living. It's not skillful living. And what he's going to do next is he's going to identify for us what it looks like to get it right. And that's the second bucket here. Wisdom from above. Wisdom from above. I love this list. Uh, look, at, look at this list. I've got it just kind of outlined for you. Pure, peaceable, gentle, it's open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Now, don't, don't, don't get nervous. I just want to show you the Greek list here. Uh, in the Greek, this is what it looks like. Now, I don't even know how to say these words, but what I want you to see here is there's something very specific that James is doing. Do you recognize what's happening here? The, the, the list, the words look very similar. It's called a tautogram. It's used in uh, Eastern uh, uh, poetry a lot, and it's words that sound similar. So James is being very deliberate here about the words he chooses because he wants them to remember. So you can kind of see the words. It's e e e a a, right? E e e e a a, and, and and they kind of look similar. They sound similar. What he's doing is he's putting a list together. It's kind of like alliteration. It's a little bit like, you know, suckering, uh, uh, suffering succotash or, or Debbie Downer. That's, that's kind of what a tautogram is, right? Words that sound similar. James is putting a list together here because he wants these people to remember what wisdom looks like, something that they can when they're coming to Crossroads and saying, okay, what, what's the right way to go here? How should I live skillfully in this particular situation? He wants them to remember this list. Okay, so let's go through the list. James says, second category here, the wisdom that is from above is first of all, watch, it's pure. It's pure. It's also peace-loving, right? Let's let's talk about this for just a moment. Do you know the value of purity? Anybody who's ever gone overseas on a mission trip and drank the water, you know the value of purity. You understand? Because if you go there, there, it, overseas, many times there's contaminants in the water that we're not used to. And I don't need to describe for you what happens when you drink that water, but all y- your life is in, is in chaos for the next you know, couple weeks to a month if you drink that water. And what James is saying is, first of all, this wisdom is pure. What's it pure of? What, what's it pure from? What, what are the contaminants that are taken out? Do you know? You could probably guess. Jealousy. And selfish ambition. He's saying, first of all, the wisdom that is from above is free of jealousy, it's free from jealousy and selfish ambition. It's pure. Then the second thing that he does here is he says it's full of peace. Peace. You know, if, if anything speaks to our current context in, in, in the world today and who we should be as followers of Christ, it's this word. Please hear me peace. Where does James get this idea of peace, being a part of godly wisdom and skillful living, promoting peace? He gets it from Jesus. Jesus was a man of peace. Told Peter, put the sword away because those who live by the sword die by the sword. We're not, I'm not here to, take, uh, to do my father's will by force or coercion or making it happen or killing others to make it happen. I'm here to promote peace. And, and when push came to shove, he willingly laid down his life in a spirit of peace. He didn't fight for himself. He didn't even stand up for himself. This is wisdom from above, James says. Peace. It promotes peace. I'm not trying to demand your own way or fight for your rights or, or to demand your own rights, but it, it's this idea of peace. And what, what does it take to have peace? You have to be able to trust God with the outcome. This leads us perfectly into this next word. The next word that James uses to describe this wisdom from above is he says it's this way. It's gentle at all times. Gentle at all times. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but when I get into a situation that feels out of control to me, what happens is my type A kicks in and I try to manage the situation. My voice rises just ask my kids. We talked about being outnumbered here just a minute ago. Pastor Julia was talking about this this small group. Sometimes my wife has to work at night, and then I am, you understand? I am outnumbered. And my kids are a bit like herding cats at times, right? I tell this one to go do that. And this one's over here outside in the street, and, and I go find him, and she's upstairs marking on the walls. I mean, that's, that's kind of how it goes. And, and And what I try to do in that particular situation is I try to I try to get my hands around the situation, and, and if they don't do what I tell them to do, then my, you know, things escalate before you know everybody's crying and in bed, and, and, and I'm the worst father of the year, you know. and they're telling me. So, so that's kind of what happens, right? We tend to try to manage and control outcomes. Can you do this? Just make a fist. Just go like this, and just squeeze it until your knuckles are turning white. Come on, maybe your fingernails are just you know, hurting a little bit because they're digging in your palms. And that's what we do. This is, this is how we try to live sometimes. We try to manage outcomes, whether it's our kids or, or when, when it comes to situations that we feel out of control or we want to we try to control others because we don't like what they're doing. Are you tired yet? Yeah, this is what happens. We try to try to manage iron grip on things. now just, not just do this. Just let it go. That is gentleness at all times. What James is saying is that wisdom from above trusts God with the outcome. It's, not, it's approaching situations with gentleness. Wisdom, skillful living, is walking through life step-by-step step trusting God with outcomes and not having this incessant need rise up within us to try to manage outcomes and people and things around us. That we can trust gentleness. This next one, you're going to love this one. This next one, this is one that really hit home with me. I love this. The next one that James outlines for us is wisdom from above is open. Watch this. Open to being wrong. When was the last time you said I was wrong? When was the last time those words came out of your mouth? Let me tell you how this plays out in my house. My wife, you know, she doesn't let me get away with anything. And now my daughter's 10, and so now it's like having a mini mini wife around, right? And so now when my wife's not there, Kendall's there being the police. And if my wife is there and she's telling me something I did wrong, my general reaction is not to say, oh, you know what, honey, you're so right. Oh, I love you. I'm so grateful for you in my life. God has given you as a prophetic voice to make me a better person. I will change, and I will be just like you're telling me to that's not what I do usually I want to defend myself right and it's I'm not wrong you're wrong and that, but now it's worse because now my daughter chimes in yeah daddy and I say mind your business right when was the last time you said you were wrong about something can, can, just say this with me can you say this? we're gonna we're gonna practice okay we're gonna practice so it's easier for you later today uh, Just say this with me. Say, I I was was (laughs) wrong. I was wrong. This is wisdom from above. James says, "This is godly wisdom. This is wisdom that, this is faith that works. This is faith that gets to work. This is corresponding action with what we believe." I was wrong. I don't have time. This is a whole sermon in and of itself. But here's what I would say: is It's not just true for us, but I would just, as a pastor, and I could say this because whatever, but uh, the American church, we get this one wrong a lot. We're not very open to being wrong just about anything. In fact, we've got more answers than we have questions. And James says, that's not, that's not earth. That's, that's not heavenly wisdom. That's earthly wisdom. And and what I would just say is if we ever want anybody to ever listen to us, we, we probably should start listening to them first. Not that you got to change what you believe or that you got to change how you think, but you're open. You're saying, I'm holding this loosely. I have, more, I have more questions that I have answers. A couple things I do know. Jesus is the Son of God, and he's risen from the dead, and he's changed my life. Those are the non-negotiables, right? And, and, and I'm holding these things loosely, and can we talk, and can we celebrate the things we have in common? Now, see, now I just made everybody get, get upset. But here's what I would say. This is Bible, this is Bible. This is what James says to us. James says to us, wisdom is open. It's open. Do, do you, you know what's prevailing all the way through this? It's this attitude of humility. It's humility. If you are totally convinced that you were right, built, you've built walls around your beliefs, and now you shoot at everything that moves on the outside of those walls, that's not, that's not heavenly wisdom. I need to hear that. I need to hear that. I'm going to wrap this up. He keeps going and he says, look, it's, uh, it's open to being wrong. It's this idea. It's, you're, the new NLT says it's yielding to others. The good translation is it's open to being wrong. He goes on to say it's, uh, it shows no favoritism. It's full of mercy and good deeds. It's always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. So here's really the question we're sitting with today. and One I've had to sit with this week. Are you the kind of person who seeks these things? And if not, then why not? Wisdom was like a big deal to the Jewish people. Proverbs 16, 16, their wisdom book in the Old Testament, it's full of wisdom. They say it this way. The writer of Proverbs says, Seek wisdom above everything else. Because it is more precious than silver or gold or even rubies. In other words, if you have wisdom, everything else falls into place. If you live in a skillful way, trusting in Jesus, following his way, everything else comes to an alignment with you in your life. It is more precious than any amount of resources or money or anything else you could ever get your hands on. Wisdom. last little thing I'll, last last little thing i'll give to you here is is james finishes this passage by giving us a metaphor and it's the metaphor of a harvest and he says if you will live this way if you will follow godly wisdom if you be if you if you live a life that's pure and and peace-loving, promotes peace, and you're, you're gentle at all times, and you're open to being wrong, and you're impartial, and you're, you're full of mercy, and you are unhypocritical. If you're living this way, following Jesus and allowing him to do his work through you, that is like sowing seed that will produce a great harvest of abundance in your life. But here's the thing about seed. Harvests don't happen overnight, right? What happens? You put the seed in the ground, And then you keep watering that seed, and it takes a while, but eventually there will be a harvest of abundance that crops up in your life. This isn't something that we just flip the switch on today, but it's something that we commit to together as a community, as a body, to say, yes, Lord, teach us. How do we walk in this? And before you know it, your entire life changes and flips because the harvest that you're producing changes from living in an earthly, jealousy, selfish, ambition way. And you've been reaping that harvest and now all of a sudden your harvest switches and you start to reap a harvest of abundance and righteousness and peace and life and goodness and joy and mercy. Do you need this kind of wisdom? I do. What I'm grateful for is that at the beginning of James, chapter 1, verse 5, James says this, does anybody lack wisdom? If so, all you have to do is ask. Ask God, and he will give it to you in abundance. He won't be upset for you for asking. He will give it to you freely, to those who ask. So here's what I would like to do, is I would like for us to close our time asking together for wisdom. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that your presence is here today with us. You have risen and you have given us the gift of the Holy Spirit on this Pentecost Sunday. We thank you for your goodness and your grace, your mercy. We thank you, Lord, that it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And we, we see your goodness in your word and what James is saying to us. And so we we come to you today, Holy Spirit, come. Move in our hearts, bring us to a place of repentance. And Lord, we just confess we have not been living this way. Would you help us? Please help us. Please help us. And Lord, we do what James tells us to do. in James chapter 1, verse 5. Lord, we lack wisdom. We don't live this way. But would you please give it to us? Would you help us? Would Would you increase wisdom in our life? Teach us to live in the light of the fact that Jesus is Lord. We can have faith in that. Walk in that. I pray that. Lord, I pray that the harvest would begin to just switch over, flip in people's lives, that where they've reaped chaos, where they have reaped uh, brokenness, where they have reaped uh, broken relationships and destroyed past. Lord, as we, as we walk in this truth, Lord, would you just flip that harvest and we'd start to see goodness and abundance and love and joy and shalom and peace. We ask for that in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that you hear us because we pray in faith everybody said today amen would you please stand for a final blessing before you go today as you're standing i want to tell you something else that james says james chapter 5 he says this are there any sick among you let them call for the elders of the church and the prayer of faith will heal the sick i want to tell you that we have our prayer ministers up front here today and they are eager they would love the chance to pray for you if you were sick we believe that god can heal you And uh, if we obey his word, and James says to come forward. So if you're sick today or if you want prayer about anything else, come find one of these lovely folks here. They'd love to pray for you. Before you go, please receive this final blessing. Now may the joy of the Lord, the grace of the Lord, the love of the Father, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and the wisdom that is from above, may it permeate your life. Every day this week, I pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for being here. Go in peace. We'll see you next weekend.